yes, welcome to the proper podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a big one this week. First of all, I want to say a massive thank you to everyone listening. We got ourselves to number 24 in the old podcast charts. Wonderful stuff. Thank you to everyone listening. Uh, We really appreciate it and we hope it improves from here on out. Now, where else to start, boys? Where else to start? So, Shakur Stevenson versus Delos Santos, right? I want to get your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing else happening, is there? There's nothing else popping. I haven't seen anything on YouTube. No other big fights in the making. Fucking hell, boys. It's the big one, man. I can't believe what I was seeing. So, we've just had the press conference for Anthony Joshua versus Otto Wallin. Deontay Wilder versus Joseph Parker and all the others. We'll get to them in a minute. But Eddie Earn, Frank Warren sitting at the top table. Ah, oh, mate. Big baby Miller and Dubois. Big baby Miller having it off with Anthony Joshua. Ah, oh, it's absolute scenes. I honestly I, I, I was I've gushed everywhere. I don't need to have a wank tonight. I've gushed everywhere. I'm not kidding. I'm gonna take a picture of that double excellent turkey to bed. I tell you. Double excellent turkey is coming to bed with me tonight. I fucking love the geezer. What a man. Unbelievable. So, Johnny B, how are you, mate? Um, before I start, I'd just like to take this opportunity to say a massive thank you to Turkey Ali Sheikh and the good people <laughs> at Saudi Arabia. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> mate, if I had a pound. I know, man. That's, that's what money does. That's what money does. But yeah, I'm buzzing. I'm just, do you know what? I was just like, I was watching it as just, but he's shadow boxing in my front room, just watching the press. This is a press conference, just to see them all together, just to see Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren. Uh, yeah, the most eagerly awaited handshake since John Terry and Wayne Bridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, but I've got to give that one to Sam Jones. He tweeted that, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, yeah, just look, we'll, we'll get into it. I mean, there's some upsides of it, there's some downsides of it. But if you're a boxing fan. It's come December the 23rd. It might as well come December the 25th. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it is something to uh, marvel at and look forward to. We've been served up so many dodgy fights, loads of sort of mismatches, rubbish cards. Like, yeah, let's just let's, let's get behind this. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll go into it. Kaya, how are you, bruv? Honestly, chaps, I think I'm dreaming. Um, can't believe what I've just witnessed. I can't believe how quickly all these promoters have got together, put their differences aside and turn this around. I got so excited. I went to the shop and got a couple of beers. I don't normally drink in the week, but I feel like it's time to celebrate. Christmas is on the horizon. And this for me is the best Christmas present anyone could give me. And do you know what? All those people that go, well, why ain't Joshua fighting Wilder? Come on, guys. Just, you know, forget about that for a minute. When have we ever had a boxing card like this presented to us in the history of boxing? Without a doubt, the, the best card in the history of boxing. If anyone knows a, a better one, Please send us a you know DM in the, in one of our socials and let us know. But you'll be hard pushed to find a better boxing card than this. And you know what? With Turkey Ali El Sheikh, I think I've said his name right. It's like the boxing gods has literally just sent him down from the heavens and just planted him on earth, and he has provided us with this absolute gift. So I am overjoyed. Can't wait to get stuck into it. So many talking points with the presser, uh, but yeah, I don't care what's under the tree. At Christmas, this is my uh, the best Christmas present for me. Yeah, and it is incredible what you say there about how quickly it's come together. I mean, 10 days of all the fucking shit that we've looked through, all the politics, all the politics that we've gone through all these years, 
how they couldn't make this fight, couldn't make this fight. And then all of a sudden they've done this incredible card in 10 days. I mean, Lyndon Arthur got the call three days ago. Fair play to Lyndon Arthur taking this fight, by the way. But um, we'll get on to that. But yeah, just absolutely incredible. I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty sure the conversation went, we're thinking about putting this on the 23rd of December. Here's this amount of money. Will you be up for it? And the obvious answer was fucking sure thing. Um, So it was the money that was floated towards them that has made all this come to fruition. However, yes, incredible. And um, I want to say, first off, I made a video a while ago about Saudi and I said, I don't know if this is a good thing, Saudi moving into boxing. I think it's going to oversaturate the market with the amount of money that they've got, um, that they're going to push towards boxing. I thought it would make so many problems here, there and everywhere. And I'm a cunt. Fucking, <laughs> yes, you, know, this, you are. It's sensational. Enjoy it's it sensational. I, I, I'll hold my hands up. This is incredible. And um, it's only going to get better. It is only going to get better because we got this. And you've got to say that they're good fights, uh, the, the two at the top. But it's only going to get better because next time, hopefully, it could be Joshua Wilder, uh, Fury Usyk. And what's the undercards of them going to be like? They're still going to be sensational. So absolute scenes. Absolutely incredible. So then. Kaya, coming to you first. What do you think of the press conference? I mean, look, it's a press conference, isn't it? The poster was brilliant. I think the way all the fighters come out, sat down, loads of them all dressed up to the nines, you know, with their suits on and all that. Jaya Pattaya comes out like he's just uh, got out of the gym with his jacket on. I thought that was fucking mental. He's a scary looking dude, isn't he, old Jaya Pattaya? You don't want to be messing with him. He just he's got them eyes, isn't it? He's got them fucking eyes. It just looks right into your soul when he's looking at you. So, yeah, that, that, that was a bit scary. But, you know, with the Saudis, I, I thought about this. How much money do you think they've thrown at this? The whole promotion, the fighters. I mean, they're not going to make any money from this. Surely not. But I don't think it's about money for them. This is obviously chump change to the Saudis. Well, maybe not chump change. That's a bit much. Obviously, they've thrown a fair few quid at it. But I think it's more to do with sort of promoting the, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and showing the world, you know, this is how we do it. And, um, you know, judging by the Fury and Garnu um, spectacle, you know, we're in for an absolute treat here with, I don't know what they got planned. Hopefully it's not the fucking Eurovision Song Contest again. Hopefully it's something <laughs> a bit different. But, um, do you know what I mean? But the, the press conference itself was brilliant. I, I mean, Dev Sarney, big up Dev Sarney. That's a massive, massive job he's got there on his hands. Yeah, he Dev was Sarney. fantastic, man. I was good. I would rather have swapped in with Eddie Hearn, if I'm being brutally honest. I think Eddie Hearn would have delivered it a bit better. Yeah, but Frank's not going to nah, do nah, that, nah, is nah, he? No, no, no. He did, he did shit stir a little bit, Dev Sarney. I think he tried, but I think there was a bit, bit, bit of respect, a bit too much respect, I thought, at the press conference. But I'm sure that'll all change when we start getting into the weigh-ins and all, you know, all the other stuff that have come down the line. But, um, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, uh, Derek Chisora was shouting out, give the mic to Eddie. That's what he was shouting out because I think that Parsons tweeted it. But um, what for me, what, what I was just amazed at watching, it's like, so this is a Queensbury promotion, like joint with Saudi. And it's almost like he's got the deal going with Turkey uh, Al Sheikh. And it's like... Eddie Hearn was like off to the side with Anthony Joshua. And I just thought the way Anthony Joshua was, like he was twitching, he was out. It's like he woke up and said, fuck everyone today. That's how he woke up. Like, I loved it. I loved the Femi is back. Like, this is the this is AJ. Where about the other AJ that's got all these sponsors he's got to take care of? This is AJ. I like this AJ. I like what I'm seeing. Like, he looked like he was going to get up and iron out uh, Gerald yeah. Miller at any time. 
loved it. And I loved the way that when Dev Sani uh, said, oh, maybe AJ would do that, he goes, don't speak, speak for me. You're not my promoter. <laughs> and when he asked him <laughs> yeah. a question and then he said, um, why are you asking me questions? Why, why, why is Eddie not asking me questions? And it was almost like, you know, in boxing, like there's a lot of egos in boxing. And I feel like Anthony Joshua's ego and maybe Eddie Earn a little bit is a little bit damaged. We're like, you know, they're on this table. You know, uh, as we said last week, Frank Warren's like the cat with the cream. You could see he had a smug little smile on his face. And um, I thought that was nice of Anthony Joshua because I thought he was sort of like sticking up for his boy, Eddie Earn. Like, go on, you have your little limelight here. You ask me some questions. And there's definitely a bit of power play there. But at the end of the day, money talks and bullshit walks. And where the Saudi, they've put up enough money to squash people's ego to get everyone around the table. And Frank Warren said it. He said, this is game changed. And like he really emphasised that sentence with, this is game changed. As in, all that shit Eddie Earn was talking before in his stupid garden, game changed when he left Sky Sports and he put on free cards with a load of shit. Um, this is game changed. Getting all of the... Promo- that was a dig, John. Huh? That, was a little, that was a little dig. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. But big up Dev Sarn as well. He's got a lot of stick, stick on Twitter. A lot of people saying it should have been... the Sonny Edwards come out saying it should have been the best promoter in the world. It should have been the best promoter in the world, um, you know, running that sort of show. Frank Warren was stuttering a bit at the start, but whatever, man. I'm just happy to see everyone on the table. And you know what? It was respectful. And maybe this is how it's got to be. Like Eddie Hearn, Frank Warren, I think they shook hands. I think Otto Wallin was doing a few fist pumps in the way and he sort of blocked it. But um, but look, going forward, we need them to get on because if they get on, all these yeah. promoters, that this is how we're going to get the big fights. really are. Unc, what do you reckon? Do we need them to get on? Because they've never got on. And now, look, they're all together on the table, man. It's all about money. So no matter how much money, if they get the yeah. amount of money they want thrown at them, everyone's going to turn up in the same place and be all happy, chummy and everything. But, oh, mate, it was a great press conference. AJ hates the world this, these days. He hates the fucking Brilliant. world, man. And I love it. I love it. I'm looking at him. I'm thinking, you mean business now. He's had so much shit for years, right? And he does get too much shit. And I, I'm a victim of this. Like, Obviously, I make videos and I say what I'm seeing, but he gets way too much thrown at him day in, day out, AJ. So he's had enough of it and he wants to prove everyone wrong. And he's come in with this attitude now. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Mate, I want to know what him and Wallin were, were saying to each other because that looked a bit tasty. Him and Miller fucking going at it. Brilliant. I hope we see that fight one day. I don't know if we ever will. But I hope we do because it'd just be Don't great. Don't get me started on the Miller. Let's get started Don't on get me Miller. Started no, on go, fucking no, Miller. Right, you got to say the same. How are we got... doing this? Otherwise, we're going to jump around all over the place and Merple's people's eardrums. I've got to get out what I want to say about Miller and then we go can go then. where we want to go. But go on, you want to say that? Go on. Well, you, you want to go about Miller? Yeah. I'll go about Miller. Let me just have a little two minutes on him. I, I don't want to give him much more airtime. I don't even think he should be on the card. I disagree. Why the fuck should I? Not, I dis- look, massively he was good. Disagree. Look, fair enough. He was there. He was a mouthpiece. He got everyone's juices going. So everything we've been saying on the pods, we need someone like that in the sport. But the bottom line is, we weren't trace amounts found in him. He was fucking juiced to the gills. He was fucking so drugged up. He was off his tits most of the time, literally <laughs> off his side breasts. So, <laughs> <laughs> side breasts. You've not seen him with a shirt on. Man's got side breasts. Anyway. Yeah, he so, made fucking uh, Fabio Wardley look like a fucking welterweight when he was standing next to him, boy. It makes anyone look small. He's fucking just a big fat Sherman clump, isn't he? Let's be honest, right? Let's just have it real here. <laughs> He's not... Um, he shouldn't be on that card. He shouldn't be on that card. He shouldn't be anywhere near that card. 
He shouldn't really be, you know, afford, afforded the luxuries to earn these big salaries. As I say, there was no trace amounts. He was literally injecting shit in his fucking arm in order to cause AJ damage. And all of a sudden, he sat there, no one's saying anything. Yet people are going, well, Connor Ben, you, you haven't served the ban. You haven't served the ban, Connor. Come on, you know, you got to be up, up against the British boxing board. Fuck off. Gerald Miller's sitting there earning God knows what. And he was uh, the biggest drug cheat we've seen in this sport in 15 years, and it's not even being spoken about. Kyle. But as they're telling me that's the best they can find is Jarrell Miller. I'm all for all it. Heavy I'm all for it. I don't really? care. He was he, the he best was... guy. Tila, you lot are fucking Wait, unbelievable, let me say you two. What I say. <laughs> you he two was the... fucking digging out Conor Ben the other day. No, let, no, me no, speak. No. Go, let me say right, what I want to say. Go on, you can have I'm it. telling you now, after everything I said about Conor Ben last week, right, when I see Gerald Miller sitting up there at that press conference, right, and I looked into Gerald Miller, right, I knew he was coming on the show. I just I wanted to find out a few more details about this guy, right? So you know when he, he was going to fight AJ and he failed those the tests, yeah? But he was basically juiced up like the Incredible Hulk and he failed those tests. Did you know, because I didn't even know this, right? Did you know that the New York Commission, right, they... They couldn't even do anything with him because he didn't even actually have a license in New York, right? So they couldn't even suspend him or do anything with him. So he went to fight Jerry Forrest six months later and then he failed another drugs test, right? So he failed back-to-back drug tests, right? But all I'm saying, like, when I heard that, oh, you didn't have a license with New York, so then they couldn't suspend you, I thought, oh... Who else do I know who's done that lately? Oh, Connor Ben didn't have a license with British Boxing Board of Control. I thought, oh, maybe you learnt that, Eddie Hearn and Connor Ben, from your situation that you had, Eddie Hearn, when you was going to fight Gerald Miller with AJ. Anyway, Povetkin, failed drug test, gets to fight with fucking uh, um, Dillian White. It happens all the time. My advice to these boxers out there... There's levels. levels. All these boxers out there, they're all at it. John, it's like getting caught, it's like getting caught drink driving slightly over the limit. Or you're paralytic drunk and you've done 15 grams of gear. The sport stinks, Kyle. The sport stinks. So, like, at the end of the day, it's just like, Conor Ben, he's coming back. Nothing to see here. He's not actually explained why he failed two drugs. There's Gerald Miller sitting up there on the table. Povetkin. We can keep going naming his name. So, it's like, at the end of the day, like, oh, I don't want to talk about him. I'm just oh. like, I can't even be fucked no more. Sport, like, this Turkey Alice Shake, he needs to come in and sort out the, the drugs in the sport. Let's see if he can do that with game change. But if they can't, What's the, what's the point? It's a joke. But this is what I was saying last week, John. It's exactly the same. I was saying you, no one's going to prove anything. Even even in the case of Jarrell Miller, where he's just banged to rights, he's sitting up there. He's probably earning what? It's got to be a million. Got to be a million. Maybe up 500 grand to a million. And he got done for fucking all sorts of yeah. shit. So it's mad. It's madness. It's madness. What I was saying last well, week. Well, this is the thing, right? Interestingly... Derek Chisora, right? And for my first thoughts when Derek when Derek weren't on the card was, I bet he's going fucking mental. I bet he's got mm. a frying pan out, gone and smashed up the neighbour with a fucking frying pan. I bet he was fuming, right? But then we learn that he actually fucking had the chance of fighting Big Baby Miller and he turned it down because of the money, which is very surprising, really, because you would have thought the Saudis would have paid over the odds or certainly more than Derek's been earning, apart from the Tyson Fury fight. His sort of, you know, his kind of minimum wage now, if you will. Um, you would have thought the Saudis would have been paying more than that. So something's a bit iffy there. Maybe Derek's lying. But either way, yeah. Listen, Kai, you bang on. He shouldn't be sitting there. But don't interrupt me here. He did serve a ban. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, no, listen. No, listen. Listen. 
at the end of the day, he did he, he didn't fight for a number of years because he was banned throughout what America everywhere. He couldn't fight anywhere. No promoter would work work with him. So in a way, he served the ban. Anyway, let's not get into that. It is what it is. He's there, and fuck me. That man is entertainment. He is pure entertainment. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's great, man. He's just fantastic. He and, was funny, uh, though. I'll give him his juice. He's hilarious. Do you know what he said? He said, um, what do you think about Daniel Dubois? He goes, if shit has a twin, it would be his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when he goes, we're going to say it in New York, man. He goes, when we sniff the bitch in him, and he goes, you got the bitch in you? Once a bitch, always a bitch. As in, like, he's quitting and that. But he said all this shit about Dubois. And then when they handed it over to Bois, Dubois went, bring it on. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Frank, Frank was going, Frank was going, fucking, come on, Dubois. Say something, Dubois. Go on, tell him, Dubois. And Dubois was like, yeah, no, I, I, he's going to get it. Yeah. No, go on, Frank. <laughs> Frank was going, come on, Dubois. Go on, say something, bruv. Do you know what it reminded <laughs> me of, know. boys? Do you know when you're young and you're in like a club with all your mates and that, and your mates are all geeing you up to go over to chat to this girl at the bar, and then you pluck up the courage, you go over and you just go, uh, and that's it. Nothing comes out of your mouth. That was Daniel Dubois, wasn't it? He just sat there. He was completely fucking crestfallen. Uh, he had no clue what to say. I just felt, I felt like I wanted to just give him a hug or something. I was like, oh, Daniel, like this is your chance to like at least fire back at him. But Jarrell Miller, he's got fucking silver tongue and he he knows how to dig people out. So that's a, that's like fighting a losing battle if you're going to go into like a, a verbal war with Jarrell Miller. So. He's probably I'll tell you what, he probably had some just, words as, uh, as just well. as well. He had some words with Eddie as well. When Eddie was standing there after his face off with Dubois, he went over to Eddie and he was fucking shouting in his ear. I don't know what he was saying, but that man was angry with Eddie as well. So um interesting stuff. Um should we get on to the fights? Definitely. Let's go. Right then, we'll start from the top to the bottom. So Anthony Joshua versus Otto Valin. Johnny B, thoughts on the fight? Okay, thoughts on the fight is Anthony Joshua, you're fighting Otto Wallin, a southpaw. I mean, it's a mad fight, really. Like, obviously, Joshua is the favourite, all right? But, I mean, you think to yourself, oh, I don't know. It's another southpaw. Like, if you know anything about Wallin, he's a good fighter. He's like six foot five, he's got a 78 inch reach. He moves around the ring well. He's got a good amateur background. He's one of those fighters. He's got a good jab, and he, he constantly keeps moving. He's got a good ring IQ. He understands the distance well. And, yeah, like, he, he took Gassiev. God, Gassiev is, like, a hard... I know he's, like, cruiserweight gone up to heavyweight, but Gassiev is his last fight. Took his best punches, you know, won that uh, fight on points. Obviously, went in there with Tyson Fury. Obviously, you know, can, can be heavy-handed. Yeah, like, he gave Tyson Fury a decent fight. And to be fair, you really, he should have probably won that fight. He, you know, Tyson Fury had 47 stitches in his head. So, he's a good fighter. He's a definitely a good fighter. And it's just like, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a risk for Anthony Joshua. I think he would have been better off having a, a static target, someone like Gerald Miller. But he, he wants his position, doesn't he? He wants to beat him. Then, obviously, I think he becomes number two in the IBF. And then, if Hergovic can get past his guy... Um, you know, then he can obviously uh, maybe fight Hergovic for a world IBF world title if Fury and Usyk uh, drop it after they have their fight for Undisputed. So maybe sort of push that waist to have to have that fight so he can become um, uh, fighting an, uh, for the world title against Hergovic. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely got a bit of banana skin written over it. However, I just think the way Joshua is at the minute, his mood, I think it's 
guaranteed going to go to points. And uh, I think Anthony Joshua, I think he beats him on points. That's how I think it goes. But um, what what is funny where there is some jeopardy in it, the way Anthony Joshua was there and on that stage, is he going to try and make a statement? Is he going to maybe take a risk to go in there to land something, to knock him out, to say, call on the Wilder, call on the Joshua? Let's see, because I'll tell you something now, Wallin ain't taking no risk. He don't take risks in fight. He sits back, counter-punches, sits back, counter-punches constantly. So, as a bit of... If, if Joshua fights the way he did against Hellenius and Franklin, as a bore fest written all over it, um, let's see, will Joshua try and uh, make a statement? Got it. Yeah, mate, look, first things first, I looked at Joshua's physique and he looked like he was in, in decent nick. He didn't look heavy. Do you know what I mean? Five weeks out from the fight. He needs to be quite light on his feet against Wallin. I don't think he... He really should come in there too cumbersome and potentially gas out in the later rounds because you know Wallin's not gassing out. And um, I think with Wallin, I think, you know, his stock has definitely risen since the Fury fight, definitely since the Gassiev fight. The Gassiev, I know he's a cruiserweight, but still great credentials in the, in the sport of boxing. In Russia I mean? to, as to well. Gassiev, yeah, to beat Gassiev is, uh, you know, you get a lot of plaudits for that. But I think what he said about Joshua when he said, you know, he beat me twice in the amateurs and um, I think he's had his peak and now he's on his way back down. I'm going to help him. I'm finish him off his career. That switch, you see Joshua's eyes, I think that switch went off in his head there. And I think yeah, that, might, that might be the thing, the comment that ends up putting Otto Wallin into the shadow realm. I really do. I think Joshua's going to come out I really do. I think Joshua's going to come out like the old Joshua. You could see it in his in his his mood. He didn't need to be like that at this press conference. But the fact that he's like that now, you know, just twitchy, angry, ready to go at any minute. Um, that comments like that are only going to fire. That's what him he up wants. Wallin wants. Wallin wants an AJ that's going to come forward. I don't know if he does. No, I think Wallin wants a, a, a you know Joshua versus Franklin type performance. He might nick it on points. Nah. If if, if Joshua yeah. sticks it on him, I don't know. Maybe you're right, John. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's a little bit of my heart talking here, you know, and I want I want Joshua to go out and make a statement. And, you know, Wallin, obviously, you, you can do the triangle with a Tyson Fury. And it, it seems mm. it seems to me like they're trying to flush Tyson Fury out because they could have picked anyone, but they picked Otto Wallin. They're talking about Francis Ngannou. They're trying to flush Tyson Fury out. He really wants a Tyson Fury fight. And I think this is definitely one of the fights that will help him get that fight down the line. But making that comment, I think it could be a mistake by Otto Wallin. Because I think, you know, if you if you want to dig deep and get that last bit in the la later rounds, I think that, that comment is going to be rolling around in Joshua's head. And I think it's only going to help him, in, in you know, when, when it going gets tough in there. Yeah, you know the way Joshua looked in that press conference, right? My missus come in halfway through me watching the presser. She started talking to me and I looked at her the same way Joshua was looking at fucking Big Baby Miller. <laughs> I was like, you need to fuck off right now. This don't happen often, babe. <laughs> I said, you've got to go. <laughs> it's true. I did that to my uh, son. He just had tonsils out. I'm like, fuck you. What are you doing in here? Get out. <laughs> uh, well, do you know what? I, I'll, I'll say it. First thing I'll say is I think it's quite a big banana skin. I really do. I'm impressed, though, because out of the options, I thought they'd take Caballel because I thought they'd want the easiest option that gives Joshua a nice confidence booster, get through that, and then Wilder. But they've taken Wallin, and that's not an easy fight. So I'm quite impressed there because, yeah, Wallin's good, man. So, yeah, looking at AJ these days, obviously he was a bit tentative in the 
Franklin fight. He was still a bit tentative in the Hellenius fight, but I've been watching a lot of him lately. I watched him on Louis Farouk, and the way he's talking, I'm liking it, man. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. He's he's more confident than I've ever seen him in his career. Um, he seems comfortable with Derek James. However, I'll get onto that in a minute. I know what you're all thinking. Um, I'll have my say on that in a minute. But um, yeah, he, he, to me, he looks quite comfortable in what he's doing these days. And he's happy to take his time in the ring. Even though everyone else wants him to go in there and blast people out, he's happy to take his time. And I can see that, obviously, that is, you know, that is quite a clever way of going about it. You know what I mean? Being patient, looking for your moment. Ob- obviously, you've got to do it sooner or later. So hopefully he does take that chance a little bit sooner than he has been in, like, the Hellenius fight and the Franklin. It needs to come a lot sooner. But, yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And um, I do think it's a tough fight. I do think um, Wallin's going to be a bit of a nightmare at times, but I think, I'm hoping anyway, Joshua will get him out of there sort of around about the same time as Hellenius in, in the maybe seven to 10. I'm, I'm expecting something like that. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of questions about Wallin that we don't know. How good is Wallin's chin? We don't really know yet. Do you know what I mean? We've seen him. He's a very good boxer. He's he's certainly got a very good jab. He was he was good against Gassiev. I mean, it weren't the most entertaining fight. The same with the Brazil fight. It weren't the most entertaining fight, but he's a very good boxer. So, yeah, it is a bit of a banana skin in that sense, but I do expect Joshua to come through it. However, I need to say this now, right? The Ben Davidson link up. I've got, <laughs> Go I've on. got, I've got, I'm allowed my opinion, right? I don't see how that's a good move for Joshua because if you're at that stage of your career, surely you want the most experienced trainer there is when you're at this, when you're at Joshua's position, all right? Um, that's how I feel. I just think he should have the most experienced trainer he could get. I'm sure the own, the one thing that um, Ben Davison has got is the fact that Fury fought Wallin and he was in the corner. So he does know an aspect of Wallin and what he does, what he's going to do, blah, blah, blah. But if I was managing Joshua, I wouldn't say that was a good move. I really wouldn't. And also, last thing I'll say on it, you've got Derek James all this time telling him this, that and the other. They're working on this. It's all been a build-up, right? AJ's been building and building and building, right? So Derek James has been teaching him this, that, and the other. Okay, we're nearly there. We'll get it right. Now we've got it. This, that, and the other. Learning, learning, learning. And now all of a sudden, he's gone to Ben Davidson. I know Derek James is still a part of it, but he's with Ben Davidson, apparently, for this fight. And now he's gone with Ben Davidson. They're going to learn other things. They're going to learn new new ways of doing it. And I'm like, no, you still need to work on what you've been working on, surely. So I hope Joshua proves me wrong, but I don't think it's a good link-up. I just don't, all right? And Ben Davidson, if you ever listen to this shit podcast, there's nothing on you. You're a lovely person. It's just sport and business. And uh, yeah, those are my opinions. I mean, look, you said a lot there, Rakit. Oh, mate. <laughs> That was that he's been he's been sitting on that all week and every time we'd go to speak to each other in our WhatsApp group, we always go record ten seconds. Save it for the pod, save it for the pod. I mean, look, there's a reason why Ben Davison get gets called into a lot of camps. He got called into um the Devin Haney camp for one of his fights. Can't remember the fight. So obviously Devin and Bill Haney respect him as a coach as well. Um weren't, weren't he in the corner for yeah. Billy Joe, him and Mark Tibbs when Billy Joe got busted yeah, up? By Billy Canelo. Joe was the first was, fight we trained, wasn't it? Yeah. So, no, you're right. Look, there's no smoke without fire. Look, in terms of his record as a trainer, he has, you know, 
He's been at the highest level. He's had he's had quite a few losses, but he's had some decent victories. Do I think it's a, a great link up? I don't think anything's going to matter now with Joshua. I really don't. I feel like Joshua just needs. I quite like the fact that he's at you know in the UK doing his camp here. I don't think Robert Garcia's and the Derek James's and all that up up and leaving the banter's not right over there. I think when you get to a certain point in your life. You get familiar. You want to be around familiar surroundings. Do you know what I mean? The, you need that that warmthness. That that warmthness. I don't think that's a word. That warmth. That kind of you know that camaraderie in the gym. And I think you'll have that over here as well with your fellow British fighters. So I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, is it a good link up? I feel like maybe it's another way to flush Tyson Fury out as well. You know what I mean? Well, why would you pick them, Ben Davidson? If I'm him, I would have gone with Tony Sims. That gym's flourishing. Why not? Why not pick Tony Sims? You worked with him before with uh, with Robert under Robert McCracken. Tony Sims was in the corner as well, so that seemed like the match made in heaven. If he was going to go with any British coach, it would have been Tony Sims, or I would have I would have gone with Mark Tibbs. Um, Derek, Derek uh, Dillian White had his uh, best years under Mark Tibbs, so it is a bit strange. But Ben Davidson, look again, no, no smoke without fire. A lot of people seem to think he knows what he's talking about, and you know. Who are we to say, I suppose? I don't know. John? I like Ben Davison, boxer size Ben. I remember I put a tweet out, didn't I, Kai, years ago. Big up Ben on the comms. <laughs> yeah, oh, you got ruined, mate. I got ruined, ruined on Twitter, boy. There's a lot of dislike out there for our boxer size Ben. And um, I don't know. Look, I don't know. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I think the jury's out. But I do think he is a young trainer. And I don't think... As you say, the Devin Haney's of the world, who is, we start talking about boxing skills and IQ, like him and his dad, of what they're seeing over there in Vegas and that. They ain't going to be bringing Ben Davison in if when he speaks, they think he's chatting a load of shit. Do you know what I'm saying? So he obviously knows something. Tyson Fury, Billy Joe Saunders, yeah, McGregor, Josh Taylor went over there. But I know what you're saying. I remember seeing an interview from Shane McGuigan saying he can't believe the deterioration of Josh Taylor underneath Ben Davison. But then, Ben, Josh Taylor also went to um, who's Liam Smith's trainer? Oh, what's his name? McNally, and like he looked terrible under McNally and all. Josh Taylor, so that maybe not all is the fault of Ben Davison. So I don't know, but for me, right, I've, the, the jury is out. I suppose you've always got to pr- tr- prove yourself as a trainer, but for me, I just can't get my head around Anthony Joshua. So. I get why you've gone away from Derek James because maybe you're in the UK, you've got your friends here, you've got your family, as what Kaya said, like these are your people. But like Ben Davison. So if you're trying to get the Tyson Fury fight and now you're going to link up with Ben Davison, like as you were saying, like those words, Kaya, like camaraderie and stuff like that, a word you was looking for was trust. That's what trainers and fighters have to have with each other is trust. So you Don't tell me what I was looking for. Fucking it up. was. It was on the edge of your tongue, mate. You, you couldn't no, get to it. Saying, Just say it. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like, that's what you need as a fighter with your trainer. You need trust, right? They, they know you more than you know yourself sort of thing. So now you're with Ben Davison and like you might come up with a good plan to beat Wallin. I mean, he's, he's he was in the corner for Fury in the Wallin fight. So he's going to have done a whole camp facing Otto Wallin with Tyson Fury. So it's going to be good uh, advice for him there. But... Um, like going forward to the Tyson Fury um, fight, if he does get that, could you tr- trust Ben Davison in the corner? That's his boy, isn't it? Tyson Fury, Ben Davison, or are they just going to be professional? How do you know stuff's not going back to Tyson Fury? He likes this, he don't like that. Definitely do this in the fight. I mean, I, I personally, I couldn't trust that. Not at this level. 
I couldn't well, I don't know, John. So they, your... It didn't end the best, did they? Tyson Fury and Ben Davison. I think it was quite an acrimonious split. The way he just binned him off and went with Sugar Hill. I, I think John Fury dug him out as well a few times. I don't think they, they ended it on the best of terms, Fury and uh. Davison. So I don't know. I know what you mean, though. When all this shit's on the line, do you really want to take any risks with anyone that even knows Tyson Fury or, you know, could potentially put a spanner in the works? Yeah, you know, it's a fair comment. I just don't know why he didn't go to Tony Sims and knock his door down. Yeah, I totally agree. He was with Tony Sims at the start, wasn't he? When he he let Rob McCracken was still in the GB setup for the first 10 fights, something like that, first eight fights, Tony Sims was in his corner. He was the main guy in the corner because I think, Rob McCracken had stuff he was doing up in Sheffield. And then about from about the eighth fight on in AJ's career, then Rob McCracken come in his corner. But for his first eight fights or something like that, I'm pretty sure Tony Sims in his corner. But does he want to go to the Sims gym? Mm. There's a bit of a cloud over it at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, should we have early predictions? Go on in. Okay, so I'll start Joshua off. Joshua so... points. All right, Johnny, you start off then. You've <laughs> <laughs> right. well, spoken was... up breaking up with Ben Davison. <laughs> no, all right, I'll just finish that point. I do want to say, <laughs> Ben Davison, I think one day, bruv, I think one day you'll be a fantastic trainer. I do think that. Just not However, now. at the minute, I just think you're a bit inexperienced for AJ right now. I think it should be Tony Sims or someone who's had a lot more experience. I think that would have been a better matchup. However, I think Joshua, as I said, late, late knockout because he's looking mean to me now. I think he's going to be fucking, I don't think he's going to be boxing too much of Wallin. I think he's just going to be going in there fighting fire with fire. I think he's going for the knockout. So I'm going 8, 9, 10 for me, Joshua knockout. Got it? I think Joshua points. Joshua points. I feel like it's come around a bit too soon. I don't know how much Southpaw um, sparring he's done. You know, Wallin's a tricky southpaw. He, he goes to points a lot. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't even knock out Sokolowski. Wallin, fucking, he went. The, he's been the distance with everyone. Been the distance with Brazil, Gassiev. So, I can see Wallin spoiling it a little bit and just lasting to the end. Uh, but I'd love a Joshua knockout. That would just, honestly, that would just be amazing. But I can't see it. So I'm going to go Joshua points. I'm the same. Joshua points. Oh, Wallin. Good movement in the ring, doesn't take risks, counter punching, he's going to wait. And I think AJ is too much on the line. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to be going in there gun ho. But as I say, the little comments, the little bit yep. of spite towards the end. Shadow realm. You don't know. You end up in that Maybe shadow realm. I, I just, yeah, Joshua points. I, that's, I'd, I'd put my money on that, Joshua points. Okay. Deontay Wilder and Joseph Parker. Well, these days, we're seeing a bit more of a sort of nice and respectful Deontay Wilder, aren't we? He's always a bit more respectful. And he, he sent that little video out of Joshua the other day. Hello, Joshua, mate. I think you'll be ready one day, bruv. We're going to have a little fight. It's going to make history. And um, and he was the same today in the press conference. So um, he's got a softer side to him. Um, but yes, Joseph Parker. Now, this, for me, will be his second hardest fight in his career. It's debatable. I know there's going to be people who maybe think Ortiz is um, better than Parker, but yeah, it's a debatable one. I think this is his second hardest fight in his career. And again, I think it's a big, big banana skin. So uh, Johnny B, we'll start with you. What's your thoughts on the fight? Funny enough, I wrote down, this is going to be Deontay Wilder's toughest fight of his career. Um, And that says a lot about 
Yeah, it's, can't get a lot tougher about... than being slapped about by Fury for seven rounds and getting ironed out. Oh no! And start blaming so, yeah, your coach. Sorry. No, but he's lost those fights. So, yeah, but sorry. he did come in with a heavy costume, didn't he? To be fair. Yeah, and his yeah. water was spiked, and his coach was fucking in on it as well. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, the toughest fighter he's fought is Tyson Fury. But like going into this fight, if he was to win this fight, this would be his toughest opponent he's ever fought. Um, I rate Joe Parker higher than Luis Ortiz, former world champions, been in there with better opposition. And do you know what? Of the card, I was, I was going over stuff yesterday. I was watching it. I was thinking, so do you know what? Of the whole card, this is the biggest banana skin for me. This is the biggest banana skin for me. I genuinely think to myself, like Wilder, me and Kai have said it for ages, don't really rate Wilder. He's a one-trick pony. He's got an amazing punch, you know, given to him by God, like he says. But that's all he's got. He ain't got no boxing skills. That's why Tyson Fury, you know, after being 20 stone, went in and fought the guy because he knew he could dance around Deontay Wilder, even out of that shape that he was. So I don't really rate Deontay Wilder. And let's be real about Joe Parker. He's coming, you know, off that devastating, like, not beatdown from Joe Joyce. But Wilder's also coming off of a massive beatdown twice from, from Tyson Fury. So they've both, you know, had to deal with a lot of trauma in their life. Um, he obviously ain't fought. He's had three rounds. Of, oh, no, he had one round in uh, two years, Wilder. So, like, he ain't got, he's got a lot of ring rust. Joe Parker, um, he's been active. What, uh, Jack Massey, Apulu. Um, the other guy that he fought keen like not massive fights but he's been active he's shaken off the ring rust and I'm telling you right now I'm going to say it I'm going to say it right now Joe Parker is going to spoil this party because he's training with yeah look like he's training with Tyson Fury so you're basically training with you know the number one the lineal champion apart from Ngannou um, he says he's got the best training he's got Andy Lee who I rate as a, as, as a trainer in his corner and I think they're going to come up with a plan to somehow keep away from that devastating punch. And I think that he will win. He will outbox Wilder. And if, if the judges look favourably on uh, Parker, he ain't no mug. He's a fucking Maori, mate. Those guys are tough. They're warriors. So I know he got obliterated by Joe Joyce, but that was that ended up being the 11th round. Like a lot of people, when he went down the first time in that fight, a lot of fighters were folded. But he ended up going all the way to 11th round against Joe Joyce because he's made a strong stuff. And I think if he's got himself back together now, I think this is the banana skin of the card. And I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to stick my neck out. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if Wilder out of nowhere detonated a bomb. But I think Parker's going to beat him on points. Wow, mate, you've done your beans there too early. We was going to do the predictions at the end, son. Fucking hell. Taking my fucking thunder dumb. there, boy. Um, you, you feel the same? Whoa, hold on. Let me just let me moisten up, moisten you up a little get bit. It out, get in there. Anyway, listen. Yeah, I do think the same. I do think the same. Now, look, this is why I think the same. I feel like for all of those reasons that you said, right? Deontay Wilder's had one round in two years, right? And that against the Hellenius, all he did was hit him and he fell over. Before then, he got bashed up, bashed, bashed up bad twice. And I know he had Tyson Fury over, but you know. He still, you know, he still lost the fight in bad, in a bad way. He still got knocked out cold. He was on the floor with his tongue hanging out of his mouth. His last real performance, his last real victory, forget about the Hellenius, was in 2019. And that was the Luis Ortiz second fight. And even in that fight, he was getting smacked from pillar to post till the seventh round when he pulled out that shot. So in, in reality, when you look at Deontay Wilder's last four years, he's been slapped about quite a lot, right? 
He's not been active. Got, don't, don't know what he's been doing with his time. You know, he's got a statue of himself in Alabama. And, uh, you know, all the silk pajamas and all that. Is he really not fell out of love for the game? Is he back here for the money? Because if he's back here for the money, Joe Parker is for the money, but he ain't here just for the money. If Joe Parker wins his fight, he's back up, at, you know, in the reckoning for another world title shot. This is big for Joe Parker. How big is this for Deontay Wilder? Is Deontay Wilder looking in that mirror thinking, I really want to win this, this last fight. crack at a whip as well, isn't it, with Parker? Yeah. So it's like, I can't see, as long as he avoids the right hand, and I think he will, because he's got a good coach in Andy Lee in the corner. He's a very good technical fighter, Joe Parker. He does hold his hands low a bit. You know, he can't afford to have them hands low early doors. But if he gets Deontay Wilder into the second half mm. of the fight, I can see Wilder gassing. Like he's like he does. And I know people got we well, knocked Fury out in the last round, or you not you got uh, Luis Ortiz in the tenth round. That was years ago. This is a different Wilder now. I guarantee you that he's an older man. He's done everything he's, he wants to do in this sport. I know there's the carrot of Joshua waiting there, and everyone's going to say, "Well, yeah, Joshua's waiting there." So maybe I'm talking shit. But I don't think I am, and I think you know Joe Parker's been waiting. I've been waiting for Joe Parker to come out. And and show me everything I've been saying about Joe Parker for years. I backed him to beat Joe Joyce. I was wrong. I, I, I thought Joe Parker would, you know, go on in his career and become, you know, one of the top heavyweights. It's just not happened. Then you watch the Jack Massey performance. You're like, oh, you know, maybe he's on the slide here. And then you see what he did to Simon Keane. I know he was a bit of a punching bag, but you see the punch variation, the speed, the power. And I feel like if he can just avoid the right hand, it's a big if. Then he goes into the second half of the fight. There's only one winner for me, and that's Joe Parker. And I think he stops him as well. Oh, shut up. You think no, he stops him as well? Woo-hoo! Yeah, I think he stops him late. Madness. Wow. Madness. Yeah, I, same thing. I looked at this. Oh, you think the same? And I thought, oh, man, I looked here and I thought, this is wow. this is a problem for Wilder. I really did. First of all, um, obviously, you, I mean, I'm just going to say what you boys have said, really. But, yeah, the gist of it is... Parker, for one, he's had loads of activity. He's already had, already had three fights this year. Do you know what I mean? That's a lot of activity. So that's good. He's in a good place there. Andy Lee's got the blueprint to beat Wilder through Fury. Um, and this is Parker's last crack at a whip, man. And so he will be going all guns blazing. Um, but I think, I think like you said, uh, well, whichever one of you said it, um, he will be very conservative, obviously, as you've got to be about the right hand from Wilder. Um, but yeah, I think he'll put it on him late. And uh, as long as he gets, as long as he gets through into them later rounds, I think he'll put it on him, and I think he could stop him as well. I do. I mean, listen. At the end of the day, it's so hard to call when you when you're looking at a Wilder fight because fucking he could detonate at any minute. And yeah, yes. I mean, that's always going to be there. There's there's no reason he couldn't knock out Parker in the first round. There's no reason he couldn't knock him out in the on the last round, even if Parker's won every round up to then. So that that jeopardy will always be there. But yeah, I just got a sneaky feeling. I think it's going to be Sod's Law, man. We've waited fucking five years for this fight, this Joshua Wilder fight, and I think Parker's going to fucking do a great big shit on it. I really do. Um, so yeah, the the inactivity for Wilder is not good, man. Two minutes in two years he's had. Yeah, I know. Two minutes. I hope we're wrong, boys. I, well, I hope we're wrong because I want to see well, Wilder I, I Joshua. And I, feel I do, like but also is... I'd say big props to Parker if he won and he deserves everything he gets. And also on the Joe Joyce fight, on the Joe Joyce fight, the shots that he hit Joe Joyce with, I'm telling you now, Wilder goes down. 100%. I know Joyce got battered by Zhang, but Joyce 
still has what, still has one of the best shot, though. yeah but he still Joyce still has one of the best chins other than when he gets punched by Zhang um and Parker was hitting hitting him with some absolute creamers but I think if he hits Wilder with them I do think he goes down he's he's got great heart Wilder he, he might get up but oh, he's I tell got you, bundles he takes of too many of them Wilder. I think yeah, if you look at that Fury fight, the second you that third Fury got fight, he to took some floor, bombs off Fury before he finally went down. He, he could have gone down much earlier than that, but yeah, I, I mean, look, going to Joe Gen, he's got like massive amateur background out there in New Zealand. He's like he was fighting when fucking uh, Deontay Wilder was fucking throwing basketballs around. Like he's been fighting his he's whole so life. Yeah. yeah, and like you say, when he got in with AJ, AJ was a killer, like knocking people out for fun. Got in there, not worried about the power. So it's not like he's not been in there with guys who've got massive punching power. He's done it. He's been there, you know, and he knows how to make a fight boring. He knows how to fight long. He knows how to make a fight cagey. Brilliant ring IQ. I I think this fight, if he can get it, if he can stay away from that right hand, which is it's hard, you know, let's give Wilder credit. You know, he's got 82 or 84 inch reach and he knows what he's doing. He's waiting, he's setting traps, he's going to tie him, he's going to throw, you know, throw something and detonate. But I just think his instructions, Joe Parker, is do not engage, do not take any risk. This is going to be a smash and grab, just a get Raider style, just get in there, get your shots off, get the fuck out of there, move in, out, keep turning him, keep away from that right hand. That is what the instructions are going to be. I don't feel any of that going for knockout late on. No chance. No chance. He ain't taking no risks on the inside. In, out, move. Try and win the, the fight on points. I think that's what they're going to do. I tell you what, Parker's biggest trouble has always been he kind of goes wandering in fights. Like the Dillian White fight. I thought he could have beaten Dillian that night, but in the middle rounds, he just like, it was almost like he gave up. He was like, oh, I'll just I'll just try and get through this. Um, but then in the later rounds, he actually come on strong, like around about 11, 12. And it looked like he could have, he, he probably could have won the fight if he had that sort of how he was throughout the fight. But yeah, he used to go wandering, but I think Andy Lee has kicked that out of him now. I think Andy Lee has put something in him and he's he's more like, he, he's he's got some heart now, a lot more Can heart. I just say, so against AJ and against Dillian White, that's what everyone was saying is that he lacked that warrior. He lacked the aggression. Everyone's like, do something, put it on him. But do you know what? He don't need this for Wilder. This ain't that type of fight. This is a box. He needs to go in there and box. Don't worry about the heart and the warrior and going in there and putting it on him. You don't need to do that. You just try and need to nick this fight on points. I think that's what he's going to try and do. Ah, interesting. I bet everyone's listening to this guy and these fucking helmets, they've all picked Parker. What's wrong with these fucking donuts? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you two were going to pick Wilder. I swear I thought oh, look, you two oh, were going to pick Every Wilder. part of me wants to see Joshua Wilder, but i just got to say it as I see it. Look, I've been a massive Joe Parker fan my whole life and maybe I'm talking from the heart again a bit there. And I feel like with the Tyson Fury element and all the training and everything they know about Wilder and the inactivity from Wilder and the age that Wilder is now and what's he really fighting for? And all you stick all those ingredients in the pot. Yeah. I feel like Joe, this is Joe Parker's time. Again, I could be wrong because Wilder can just chin him and we, we look like three helmets on a fucking wall sitting there. Do you know what I mean? First round. But first round. <laughs> yeah, mate, first round. Send him over the top rope. He probably will, <laughs> won't he? He probably will. But but it is all them ingredients, in it? It's the inactivity. It's the fact that um, Fury, uh, Andy Lee, knows the blueprint through having helped out Fury in the uh, Wilder fight. And um, if this was two years ago when, or just before, if this was before the Fury fights, when Joe Parker was 
still going wandering in fights, still didn't have that warrior mentality. And Wilder yeah. was doing what he was doing every fight, just sparking people out, even when he was getting bashed up. I'd be 1,000% behind Wilder in this. I'd be like, he's, yeah. he's going to knock him out. But I think it's different now. That inactivity, man, you ugh, you can't you can't be at your best after two years out the ring. I don't care if he's had two minutes in the ring. You know what I mean? He's, he's not going to be at his best. I agree, mate. I think we all agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I look at a fight, I look at two things. I look at the eye test and I look at the resume. And my eye test is he ain't a great boxer, but he's got a hard punch. And, my, and the resume... He's a load of shit. The only guy he's ever fought that's any good is Tyson Fury, and he's beat him. And Tyson Fury beat him. Then I look at Luis Ortiz. What was he, 46 or something? Fucking Bermain's Verne, Spilka. Who else has he fought? Um, that's it. There's no, there's no one Dil else. Dil Happus. Who? Was it Dil Happus back in the day? Yeah. It's yeah. just... Um, Dominic Brazil knocked him out and around. He did flatline Dominic Brazil. Yeah, Fucking Parker's hell. record is miles better. Brazil... It's what I'm saying. It's just, he's fought nobody. So how can I sit here and go, yeah, and let's say, the Luis Ortiz, he could have lost that fight. He was cl- close to losing that fight. Um, let's see. I'd be impressed if he, he beats box Parker. office, though, isn't he, Wilder? Uh, he's You're going to be man, sitting yeah. at the edge of your seat, sweating your cods off, mate, watching that one. Yeah. Especially if you lumped on Parker. Oh, mate, it's going to be blinding. What a I Christmas can't present. I fucking wait. What's next? Yeah, well, um, just before we do, I'd, I'd like to thank Turkey Alashake for putting that fight on. Fucking <laughs> that one. So then, this is, I mean, as if it weren't good enough already, man. Dubois versus Big Baby Miller. I think I'm actually more happy that it is Dubois than Derek Chisora. I mean, the, the press conference-wise uh, may have been better if it was Derek Chisora. I mean, it would have been chaos, absolute chaos, but... Fight-wise, I think Dubois versus Miller is a much more interesting one because we we there's a lot of questions about Dubois, man. Like he's he's quit in the uh, Joe Joyce fight, he's quit in the Usyk fight. If he's put under the cosh in this fight, is he going to quit? Who knows? Or is he going to blast out Miller? What's Miller going to be like? Because you know, dare I say it, when he was at his best, was he on the fucking pedulous? You know what I mean? So who knows? Um, but yeah, thoughts on the fight, Johnny B. Gerald Miller, 280 pounds, right? Running towards his opponent, throwing 100 punches around. I mean, only fucking EPO can do that for a fighter. He even said in the press conference, hey man, I'm throwing 80 punches around. 80 punches around, a lot for a heavyweight. But, um, with side breasts, yeah. This, with side breasts, this is. So um, what I would like to know is... What shit does Daniel Dubois have on fucking Bricktop? That's what I want to know because he's the luckiest boxer alive, isn't he? The luckiest boxer. I think of the opportunities that Daniel Dubois had. He gets in the, the Joe Joyce fight. He loses to Joe Joyce. He quits in the fight against Joe Joyce. But then he gets him the Trevor Bryant fight, right? The, the, to be the WBA regular champion. Then he gets him a shot at Usyk. He loses to Usyk. He quits again. Now he gets Gerald Miller and he's on the fucking Saudi card. It's like he's blatantly walked into Frank Warren's office and he's caught him having a wank on Pornhub or something. And he's like, right, I've got you. And he's like, right, oh, right, sorry, Daniel. Sorry, Daniel. Uncle Frank, Uncle Frank. He's blatantly got some shit on him, innit? And he's just getting him fucking blinding uh, opportunities oh. every two minutes. But, I don't know. Uh, he's a good I, fighter, John. He's a good fighter. Ah, uh, come on, bro. He's done well against come Usyk. Come on. No one expected him to perform like he that He lost every Usyk. round apart from that. He that should be the champion punch. now, son. Let's not go into Maybe. that. But in terms <laughs> no, of Not fight, today, bro. Not today. Johnny Fisher thinks so. Me and, me and Johnny Fisher think so. <laughs> you two can fuck right off. 
well, if Johnny Fisher was here, I'd agree, but he's not here, right? So <laughs> that's that. Um, no, look, Daniel Dubois, from what I'm looking at, right, he's a big lump. He's got a brilliant one-two. He's got good balance and that. He's, 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 he's going to be a, a, a problem for anyone, any heavyweight, because if he hits you, I reckon you will stay hit, right? But, you know, there is in boxing, that warrior code, that spirit, like, you need that if you're going to be a top fighter at the top level. Um, I, I don't think he's got that. Maybe he's young. I think Frank Warren said it today at the press conference. He's young. All these other fighters here are old. But I don't know if you can have an experience to get that. And uh, I think he wanted out against Usyk. And I think he wanted out against Joe Joyce. Gerald Miller. Um, I don't know. Is he going to be juiced up to the Lions? Probably because he seems to try and get away with it every fight. Um, nah, but Frank Warren's going to be round his house every day of a piss cup, isn't he? Yeah, it'd be a big fucking piss cup. Piss cup. Piss cup. Piss cup. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, look, I, th- I think that Gerald Miller, as you say, you ain't got a guy watching any tape on him. You know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to come forward. He's going to be throwing punches. But listen, he knows how to slip and slide shots as he comes forward, Miller. He's Who quite does? cute. And he does throw a lot of punches. He don't, he don't, he's quite good defensively on the offense. He is. He's, he's, I, I, I think he's quite good. I think that he gets to... I think he gets to Dubois. I genuinely do. I think he gets to Dubois. And I think Dubois in a whole heap of trouble. I really do. Fuck I really up. do. I'm going to disagree. Dubois lands I'm going to disagree. All right, let me Go finish on, my point and you finish. can say what you want to say. I think if Daniel <laughs> Dubois lands on him and it bounces off him like it did Joe Joyce, right? There's my evidence I'm going to put to table now. I think he's in a whole heap of trouble. And I think judging by Dubois' face today at the press conference, I think he knows it. Right. So Daniel Dubois, I think, gets unnecessary shit. Right. He's 25 oh, years old. Right? He's about? young. He's a young heavyweight. He's lost two fights against two, well, you can't call Joe Joyce elite, but before what happened with Zang, everyone was saying Joe Joyce was the only man to beat Tyson Fury at the time. And he's lost to Usyk. Now you've had your turn. Now you can be quiet. I know, because no. How about Lorena fight? He got knocked down three yeah, times. Let's in not that talk fight, about didn't he? that. I'll, I'll come on to Lorena? the Lorena fight. That was a little bit of a that was a little bit of a mishap. Now, in terms of Daniel Dubar <laughs> being a fighter, right? I think he's I think he's got a lot of good attributes. I think he's a little bit upright. <laughs> I think he's upright. <laughs> Do you know what? I ain't going to lie. I forgot about the Lorena fight for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the fucking Lorena fight. Hunk, what do you reckon? No, I'm only joking. Let me finish what my point. So uh, my point is, look, I think he gets a lot of unnecessary shit. I think, you know, in spite of clearly quitting twice, he's still sat at that table. He knows he hasn't got, you know, a lot of banter. And he's still, you know, Frank stuck it on him, couldn't say anything back. I felt bad for him. I did. I felt bad for him. And he's still brave enough to go in there and fight a fucking juiced up Sherman clump. So, you know, you got around your fight. You got around it to him. You got around it to him. I, I don't know. I just hope again, I, I do a lot of my picks from my heart. I've got to stop doing that. I suppose my head's telling me that Jarrell Miller's too big, probably an immovable object. It's like punching a fucking, an Oak tree that's in the garden for 300 years. It's not punching one of them in it and expecting it to fucking, come down it's not going to come down is it so if i'm if i'm daniel dubois I, I don't do what i did against joe joyce is try and take him out daniel dubois had a lot of sex, success against joe joyce you know arguably after seven or eight rounds he was winning that fight landing haymakers on him he just boxes from range moves about you know he's young he's quick he's agile 
Stay behind the jab. Don't get into any silly exchanges. And I think Daniel Dubois wins this fight on points. And I fucking hope he does. And Shen sends Sherman Clump back to the fucking leisure centers in America. Please, God, let that be happen. Let that be the case. Sorry, I can't talk now. I'm getting all my fucking words mumbled up. I can't stand Jarrell Miller. As I was thinking about it today, I, I was it was going through my mind. And, and at one point I was like, well, oh, I think maybe Miller will walk him down. But I don't see it happening, man. I think he's too slow, Miller. I think he's going to get hit too many times. I think he's going to get absolutely knocked out. I do. Um, I think that when he was at his best, he was on who fucking knows. And he was able to do what he did. He was able to keep coming forward. Nothing was phasing him. He had enough energy to take him fucking 200 rounds. So I think that was just a fake Gerald Miller back in the day. And now I think we're going to see a human Gerald Miller. And um, he's going to be... I mean, he was so slow in the Lucas Brown fight. He was so slow. And Lucas Brown clocked him with some serious punches. Fair enough. He looks like he's got a decent chin, actually, Gerald Miller. I'll give him that. But when Dubois clocks him and he's going to have ample amount of um, opportunities to clock him, Dubois, and I think he'll absolutely wipe him out. Um, yeah, I think I he'll clean right, him mate. out. I, do. I really hope you're right. But you know what? Jarrell Miller, though, to his credit, he was quite entertaining today. I think we can all agree upon oh, that. Yeah, he, did, he did liven things up on right. that presser. Why why I said at the start, oh, fuck the, the drugs in sport. It's just doing my head in, like, whatever. Like, good luck to him now. It's because Frank Warren, the amount of stick he's been giving Eddie Hearn about Connor Ben, Dillian White, where's the B sample and all that. Yeah. Can't wait to get Daniel Dubois was shot at Miller. So I'm just like, oh, fuck it. Why am I wasting my time stressing out about all this? All, I know you said it to me last week, Kai, I admit. And I went off for yeah. one. And you, you, I'm in your position now, what you was in last week. Yeah. I'm just like, I can't be bothered no more. Because as you say, Frank, well, when you're sitting there getting in the Daniel Dubois fight, and then you're digging at the owner every week about Connor Ben. Let, we want to know the results. So Dillian White, where's the B sample? Uh, Gerald Miller, do you want to fight the bar? Yep, lovely, done. It's still bollocks. It's just all bollocks, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. I stand by my prediction there. However, I will say one thing. Um, the fact that Dubois has quit twice now, I really don't think that's something that you can knock out of him. I think that's with him forever. I really do. I don't think that's something that he can mentally defeat. Um, so, yeah, I've I, I got to say, if he does come under the cosh, I wouldn't be surprised if he quit again. But I do think he'll knock him out. Um, but, yeah, going forward, I don't see that changing in Dubois. I just don't. Do you? No way. No way. I think that um, he's been... Bull- I think with that size, I think that in the amateurs, in sparring, I think the type of people he's been getting in for sparring, I think he's been bullying a lot of people for for a long time in the ring, in the gym, all those easy fights as a pro, and as soon as he's got and had an acid test, he's quit, and he's and he wanted a way out against Usyk as well. And uh, I don't know, I don't think you can. I think that's I think that's your makeup. I think you're being a bit harsh, boys. I think you're being a bit harsh. I just hope he does it. I really do. I, honestly, can you imagine Daniel Dubois stopping Jarrell Miller? Or you know, oh, if, no, if I he, think you win. Gets on the corner like that, arms aloft. No, but that wasn't the question, Kyle. Do you think that? Going forward, Dubois, the next... All right, say he wins this fight and then he gets put in with, say, Joshua, for instance. That's obviously not going to happen. But say say he did get put in with Joshua and Joshua's all over him. Do you think he's going to be mentally strong enough to get through that? Yeah, I think, look, I think if it's in you, it's in you, right? 
I think it's that simple, isn't it? I think that answers the question. If you've got the ability to take a knee once, you'll do it again and you'll do it again. Yeah, so you don't think you'll yeah. change? The answer yeah. is yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think you can change. Yeah, that, that elite level, I think there can't be no quitting you. You've got to be willing to die in there. Like, I don't agree with it. I mean, my, my I would say Daniel Dewar's making the right decisions in both times he's done that. And I think he's made the right decision. But, I mean, you see Cole Frotch doing something like that. It's no, like, look at Tyson Fury. No, just, no. I don't know. And also, the, the, the last thing I'll say on it, he got, he went down and quit from a jab from Usyk. And he went down and quit from a jab from Joyce as well. So imagine when he actually does get and he, I can't I can't actually remember him taking too many absolute pelters on the chin. But when he finally does get a pelter on the chin from a Joshua of this world or a Wilder, someone who can bang, I think it's gonna be fucking worse than ever. I think he's gonna be like, fucking hell, get me out of here, Frank. Where are you, bruv? I just do, like so yeah, that, that's for me. Maybe we're harsh, but say it as we see it. But with with the Joyce fight as well, like he was getting continually battered to the face, to the eye with that jab. So then all of a sudden, once he's gone down, it was just like, enough's enough. Like, he knows getting up, he's just going to constantly get, you know, more jabs to the eye. Same with Usyk. He was taking a beat down. There were shots coming from everywhere. It was just a death of a thousand cuts. And eventually, I want out. So it's not like that one punch, bang, I quit. It's just like, he knows what's coming next. I know it's accumulation. I do. I understand that. But um, yeah, I'm just saying, can you remember when he's been absolutely clocked on the chin? Because I can't. And when that finally does happen, I think it's going to be the same thing. He'll go down and I think he'll go... Fuck this. I don't want another one of them on my chin. And that's it. So hopefully not. I, I hope these mentality changes. Like I say, it's a difficult thing to change because you're either born with it or you ain't. Carl Frotch is Carl Frotch and, you know, fucking O'Hara Davis is O'Hara Davis and Daniel Dubois is Daniel Dubois. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Anyway, another little sexy one. We'll just spend a few minutes on this. Um, Mac Mudoff versus Cab IL. Now, I am... Very excited for Mahmoudov and his career because um, that is one scary cunt. <laughs> Imagine meeting him down a fucking alley. He looks like a Bond villain, mate. Oh, mate, he's fucking frightening. He looks like something out of Troy, doesn't he? He could be a movie star. <laughs> he should does. be a movie star. Fuck the boxing off. Oh, or, mate. or just, you know, the big lump in a fucking gangster movie standing behind Robert De Niro. You know, that's his fucking big lump behind him. He's uh yeah he looks he looks the part he certainly looks the part. If he tried it on with my missus, honestly, I'd I'd get him and my missus a cab home. I tell you, <laughs> yeah, tuck him in. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, thoughts on the fight? I'm going to start off with this one actually. So fuck is. Um. I think, <laughs> I think this Mac Mudo's quite good. I do think he's good. Like I, I mean the the geezer he fought last time. Fuck me, I could have beaten him myself. But he has got a bang, uh, Mac Mudov. Cab I ill. Uh, don't really know enough about Caballero, do we? Because, I mean, he beat Chisora, but it was a tight fight and Chisora was fucking terrible that night. He hasn't been fighting elite opposition Caballero. Neither's Mahmoudov, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, man, Mahmoudov's scary dude. I just think he's got a big fucking punch on him. I think he's going to lay Caballero out. I think Caballero will try and box for a while, but I think eventually Mahmoudov will get to him and uh, and that'll be that. And I hope he gets a big fight after that, Mahmoudov, because, um, yeah, he's exciting. Johnny? Same again. Just, yeah, 
scary dude. Um, I mean, he's, look, he's a good fighter. Massive, big lump. You know, he's obviously got a big knockout ratio. 18 uh, wins, 17 knockouts. But he does get hit. For the big size of him, with his range that he's got, he does get hit. I watched him uh, the highlights of the uh, Takam fight last night. And Takam teed off on him a few times. Got to admit, he just sh- shook it off as in, and what? <laughs> but he did land some uh, significant blows on uh, uh, Makhmedov's head. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I need to see more of him against uh, a tougher opposition. But, um, yeah, fun fight. It's a fun fight. I'm excited to see it. I mean, um, uh, Caballero, he can move. Like, he's he's got the better footwork of the two fighters. And he can be a crafty fighter. Um, I think this fight might go to points, though. I think he's going to struggle to pin Caballero down. I think Caballero is going to taste a bit of his power. And I think he's uh, he's going to be... Most of his punches are going to be off the back foot. His back's going to be up against the rope. And I think he's just going to try and survive in there. And I think it will be McDonald on points. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's look, it's funny. This, this, car, this fight is going to be probably one of the first on... And you look at the fight itself, that could probably headline in a you know smaller event itself. But this would probably be one of the fucking ones on where no one's even taken their seats yet. Do you know what I mean? This one. And um, yeah, uh, look, echo um, everything you've both just said there. I feel like Mahmoudov will probably get to him late. Caballo, look, Caballo was only a six foot three heavyweight. In terms of heavyweights, he's quite short. He's quite agile, you know what I mean? He's quite light on his feet, I suppose. I haven't seen loads of Caballo over the years. You know, he's fought out of Germany most of his career, other than the Derek Chisora fight. The rest has been pretty much out of Germany. So you don't really get to see him over here. Notable names on his uh, record is Kevin Kingpin Johnson. Everyone's fucking fought him, but you couldn't even stop him. So I expect Caballo to just dance around a little bit, and I think he's going to walk onto a big shot. And I think Mahmoudov... Moves on, moves on in the in the rankings. You know he's ranked highly in the WBA, WBC. So I think the title shot is not too far away for Mahmoudov. He's got to keep doing what he's doing. I don't think he's good enough to win a world title from what I've seen yet. I think he's a bit cumbersome. I think he'll struggle against the uh, you know the Usyks and the Furies of this world. Uh, but I think Mahmoudov, yeah, I think he gets to him late after a, a lot of dancing and moving around by Caballo. I think he'll just run out of steam and. And get sparked out, as they say. Yes, so let's touch on the rest of the card. I mean, unbelievably, there's still a few decent fights here, really, aren't they? That could that could easily be chief support to a normal card. And then, do you know what I was thinking as well? Imagine if you was afloat on this card. You'd, better, <laughs> you'd have a fucking raver, wouldn't you? <laughs> Coming on just before the main event. Yeah, so Opataya versus Zorro. I'm just going to say it quickly, man. I was at your call the other day. And I watched that Zorro, and I'm a bit scared for him, man. So am I, mate. Opatai is something fucking, something different. He's sensational, man. I'm scared for this Zorro. <laughs> he was struggling against that this Italian geezer. I can't remember his name, but um, and this Italian geezer was having some success as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say I'm quite worried for him here. I reckon three rounds max. Kaya? Yeah, do you know what, mate? It's... He almost looked a little bit scared at the press conference. I don't want to disrespect <laughs> Ellis Zorro here because he's come out of nowhere, really. But I remember watching him against Dex Spellman. And Dex Spellman was pinging him all over the gaff in that fight. And he managed to come through and win the fight in the end. And, if, you know, if you're struggling against Dex Spellmans of this world, then 
what is Jairo Pattaya going to do? You know, do do to you? I'm I'm quite worried for him, really. I, look, hopefully it's a big payday, and he, you know, he doesn't really, you know, doesn't go into his shell and just you know sell himself short and just go go for it. You know what I mean? This is fucking. It's a lottery ticket. If you land one, you land one. You're not going to land one, but just go for it. Do yourself proud. Do your family proud. But I'm I'm scared for him as well. I'm saying all that stuff, but I'm scared for him. I think he massive props though. Massive props to him. Massive it? props. But with with Jaya Pattaya, I was looking at, it and I know there's talks of uh, Richard Riakpor being the fight for Jaya Pattaya, and that nearly happened, didn't it? Before Eddie Hearn fucking swooped in and and stole Jaya Pattaya. So basically, let me just explain it to listeners, right, just quickly with that whole situation with Ben Shalom. Ben Shalom thought he had the, you know, the the lottery, well, not the lottery, the, the whole of the cruiserweight division lockdown. He's got Chris Billum-Smith, Lawrence Acoli, put that fight on. Chris Billum-Smith beats Lawrence Acoli in that epic performance down in Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium. Lawrence Acoli then refuses to take the rematch. Don't know why. We ain't heard from Lawrence Acoli. What's going on with Lawrence Acoli? Lawrence Talk to the media, like, what's going on? Are you going to take that rematch? Does he want more time off? Refuses the rematch. And then, you know, Billum Smith's sitting there waiting for a fight. So they give him Matthias Masternick. How does he get Matthias Masternick? So I was doing my research, right? Masternick was IBF ranked number one. He was the one that was supposed to fight Jai, Jai Opatai as a mandatory. So Ben Shalom's thought he'd be smart, right? He's gone, right, Richard Reactpaw's sitting at number two. Let's pay Matthias Masternick to step aside from the IBF number one ranking. We'll give him the WBO shot. Richard Riappor elevated to number one at the, uh, for the IBF. He fights Jaya Pattaya. Ben, ben Shalom's great master plan is Richard Riappor beats Jaya. Billum beats, um, Billum Smith beats Masternick. They have a big unification fight. Stick it on pay-per-view. Happy days. They, de- they agree a deal. Richard Riappor with Jaya Pattaya. Eddie Hearn swoops in with Tasman Fighters, does a co-promotion deal with um, Jaya Pattaya, has a look at the thing and go, listen, mate, what is that derisory offer? Tell them to jog on, we'll go to purse bids. Goes to purse bids, Ben Shalom does the same thing, pulls fucking Richard Riappor out of the purse bids on this fucking day of the purse bid, like he did with Fraser Clark. So now Richard Riappor sitting there without fucking, without a world title fight, up shit creek, without a paddle, he ain't even got a fucking boat. He's just floating around in shit creek, right? Nothing. They try and give him Gula Mirian. He fucking doesn't want the fight. And now he's fighting on Saturday night against Dylan Bregion, third on the list. Richard Riappor. I feel so bad for him. I really do. Like, he, he on the verge of a world title fight and Ben Shalom's master plan just fell apart because of Eddie Hearn. That's basically what's happened with that whole cruiserweight division. And to add to that, and to add to that, Right, Ellis Soro won the fucking prize fighter on boxer, and then you didn't have him locked down yep. and signed him, yep. Ben. You didn't lock him down and sign him, and then he goes over to Queensbury, Frank Warren, and now Ellis Soro is on the Riyadh card. He's sitting up there on the table. Where the fuck is Ben Shalom Mate. representing boxer? I said it on the WhatsApp group, boys. This train is out of fucking control over there at Boxer, right? And there ain't no one driving this train. I don't know what Ben is doing over there. Do you know it's what, though, John? Mess. It was it was a decent plan. It was a decent plan. Firstly, I don't know if Riappor beats Opatia, so I don't know if that whole unification with Billum Smith and Riappor would have happened anyway. The fight's there for him. Take the fight. Riappor could have fought Yeah, but they did. They agreed a deal. They agreed a deal, but Eddie Hearn swooped in and thought, what, what are they paying you? They probably offered Opatia a shit yeah, amount. But- 
the, the fight was still there. Eddie Hearn offered the fight. He offered Riakpour the shot at the title and Ring Magazine title against Joao Patea, and they turned and they turned it down. Yeah, well, fucking hell. So why would you turn that look, down? Maybe Frank Smith's because... right. Maybe he's it, maybe he's just in over his head, Ben Shalom. He's over his maybe head. Maybe he's he just is, he's a little bit amateur out. I don't want head. to say it because I like Ben Shalom as well. And I know he, look, he's doing a lot of things that a lot of men would love to do or dream to do. He's promoting fights on a massive platform and he's a young man. So you've got to give him some credit here. But is he, is it too much for him too soon? Is he in, like, is he doing deals? He don't really know what he's doing. Fucking up people's careers. Signing fighters on these massive fucking deals and, you know, spending spending all these budgets on fighters and they're not fucking performing. In front of the camera or in the fucking ring. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? He's, just, he's taking he's just all the razzmatazz out of Sky, hasn't he? Oh, mate, oh, big, time. big time. Big time. It's like Adam Azim's fighting this weekend, right, against uh, Petty Jean. Like, who's really watching that card? You, Everyone's over watching The Magnificent Seven 100%. on TNT. That's what everyone's watching. Do you know what I mean? Nick Ball, Isaac Dogbo. Like, that's, that's what people are watching. Like, I mean... It is. I, I've completely. When Ben Shalom announces a fight or there's a fight on Sky Sports, I'm like, eh, just flick through it. I can't be bothered. I know the press conference is going to be shit. It's just, ah, yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's done my head in what he's doing over there. He's just, I don't think he's got a clue. I'll be honest with you. I yeah, really maybe don't. Frank's, maybe Frank Smith was right. Is, he just don't get it. It's like in boxing, you've got. You need characters in boxing. Like, love him or hate him, Gerald Miller, right? Take the drugs out of it, right? That's, That's these are the difficult. guys. Chris Eubank Sr. People are going to get in front. Even like Anthony Joshua today, the way he was talking, the way he was twitching about stuff. This is what you need. These are the fighters. But you need to have a profile. People need to watch a fighter and say, I can't wait for that fighter to lose. Or I want that fighter to win. You can't be in the middle. I don't really care. And at the moment, when Ben talks, don't really care. And when a lot of his fighters fight, don't really care. Everything's just in the middle with him. Honestly, it's just, it just breaks my heart to see it. But that's why he's not on the table. That's why That's why you ain't heard Ben Shalom say. That's do you reckon why... he's sitting at home watching that press conference today going, fuck, how do I get on that table? Yeah. How do I, yeah. how do I yeah. get there? Do you know there? one thing that Ben Shalom's never said? You've never heard Ben Shalom say, I just want to take this moment to, to thank Turkey and shake the people in Saudi Arabia. Because <laughs> they ain't fucking phoning him. Because they're all about the entertainment business. I think you should fight Ben Shalom on fucking Misfits, John. Oh, that would be fucking <laughs> hilarious. I actually backed my boy on that one. Go on, Johnny boy. Yeah. Do you know what? I want him to... No, do you know, I genuinely... I, I want him to do well. But I just think his vision of what he thinks the general public want is way out of touch. I think he's fucking way out of touch with it. I really do. I think he's got the mindset of like a fucking 60 I don't, I don't know about that. I just feel like he's... He's he's been forced to do, you know, rash things almost to try and catch up, and I feel like he's tried to sign fighters that don't, don't have really a you know a massive following like your Joshua Bawatsis, like your Lawrence Lawrence Akoli's not bad in front of camera. Actually, don't mind him, but like your Joshua Bawatsis that don't do massive numbers, but he's had to try and roll the dice with some of these good I mean, good fighters, but they don't do numbers, and I think he's he's just rolled the dice on the wrong fighters, you know, and I think that's I suppose that's where you uh either make it or break it, isn't it? Like the decision-making. So we'll see. Stick a pin in it and we'll see what happens. Moving on. We normally get a little bit of Ben Shalom in every fucking podcast. Um, Fuck, but, if it uh, ain't Ben Shalom, on. it's fucking Ben Davison, mate. This is the fucking Ben Bashing channel, isn't it? <laughs> ben Whitaker's next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Right. Yes. So on to Bivol and Lyndon Arthur. 
And like Zorro, I want to say big props to Lyndon Arthur, man. This is a fucking big ask. But I really give full credit to both these boys for going in against the two best of their division in the world. So, yeah, I mean, Lyndon Arthur, good fighter. I just, yeah, he just won't have enough for Bibble in my eyes. I'd love him to win. I really like uh, Lyndon Arthur, but unless Bibble has a really off night, I can't see anything other than a Bibble stoppage um, midway. Yeah, I just think he's levels above. But um, go on, Lyndon Arthur. Do us proud, bruv. Kaya? Yeah, I'm the same, man. I, I find it hard to say any bad words about Lyndon Arthur. I think he's brilliant. I love Sonny Edwards as well. You know, they're boys. And uh, I've always, you know, Sonny Edwards is uh, always had a bit of soft spot for him as well in terms of his boxing skill and Pat Barrett and the whole corner and the team and that, you know what I mean? And self for Barrett. I've always, I've always liked those boys. So um, big up for Lyndon after even taking this challenge. You know, he got fucking balls of steel. Like, like Ellis Soro, balls of steel to step into the lion's den and, you know, try and take on one of the best pound for pound fighters on the planet and, you know, it's going to be a clash of the jabs. You know, they've both got really, really good jabs. If Lyndon Arthur's going to win any rounds or have any moments, it's going to be from range with that jab. Just stay out of trouble. I just fear he's going to be so cautious of the backhand and all the stuff that comes off of the jab that he might be a bit of a rabbit in the headlights, a bit like he was against Anthony Yard. And when when Bivol breaks the distance, with that jab and gets in, you know, there's more, there's more tools there for Bill Bivol. And I don't think there is with Lyndon Arthur other than that jab that he has, that excellent jab that he has. I just don't think there's much, much else at this level in his game. I may be wrong, but um, you're going in there, one of the best, best fighters on the planet. And uh, as long as he does himself proud, doesn't get ironed out in the first six round and has a few moments here or there, his stock could still well go up. And look what happened to Craig Richards, Craig Richards after the Bivol fight. His stock went up in that loss. You know, he managed to get the Boazzi fight and, you know, you're still a big player in that division domestically. So, you know, some good might come out of this is what I'm trying to say with Lyndon Arthur. Some good might come out of it. As long as he's in good shape and he's been ticking over nicely because he's taken this on short notice, then, uh, you know, I'm praying that he, he does himself proud and, comes away with, you know, he's stopped going up a bit. John? Yeah, so, yeah, in terms of Bivol, we are talking about potentially, like, this is a pound-for-pound great, right? This is like, he's probably, in, put him in your top five, top five, top six. Like, Joe Smith Jr. beat him, world champ John Pascal, Canelo, Gil- Gilberto Ramirez, decent fire, beat him with ease. Just complete yeah. masterclass name. Yeah. Talking about a pound-for-pound great, but as you say, like, it's just his movement, his ring IQ, he, he will, as you just said, he'll close the distance. But then as he gets on the inside, he takes that little step back and he's just so comfortable just rattling off seven punch combination and standing there with his eyes wide open like, you want to go? Nothing's concussive, I'll give you that. And like, a majority of these fights go the distance, but he's just very, very comfortable. Wherever that fight wants to go, he'll go there. And then rather than, you know, um, get too greedy or get too drunk on his success, he'll just step back and go, okay, right. Let's start that phase of attack again. Just he's just he's literally genius in the in the ring. But yeah, echoing what you said as well, Lyndon Arthur, he has got a really good jab, straight ramrod uh jab, and they say in it a hook will take you around the block, but a jab will take you around the world. And if he's got a good jab like that, everything comes off of it. He could could go to could go the distance, why not? So yeah, hopefully 
Do you know what I want to see? I want to see, this is the big chance for Lyndon Arthur. I want to see him get behind the jab and take a few risks in there. Like, don't be, don't just settle for it to go to points. What I would like to see is try and just, you never know, take a risk, get on the inside, just try and go to work and then maybe luckily catch him with something. Because if you just stand behind the jab and it goes to points and you lose every round, I don't know. I mean... It's easy for me to say, but I, I just mm. want to see him just have a go. Just have a go. This is your big chance, really. But, uh, yeah, I love Lyndon Arthur as well, him and Sonny Edwards. Um, yeah, so good luck to him. Okay. And the last two fights, probably the lesser fights, really. And, yeah, I'm just going to say it now. I don't see why. So we've got Hergovic versus Demori, and we've got Frank Sanchez versus Far. Why is not Hergovic facing Frank Sanchez. Surely that would have worked out for me. Anyway, I'm not complaining because it's a phenomenal card. Um, yeah, Ergovic is going to fucking demolish him, really. It's, it's, it's an easy fight. Um, the only thing that could put any jeopardy in it is if Hergovic is just tired of all this waiting, knowing that even if he wins this fight, he's still going to be waiting fucking forever to get his chance. He just is. Because Fury and Yusit are going to fight twice. He's going to be waiting forever. So the only jeopardy could be for me is if Hergovic just is like, I can't be asked anymore. And he goes in there and switches off and Demori has a bit of success that way. But, um, <laughs> God, guy, what are you saying? Well, listen, I was pointing fran- frantically there. Sorry, I'm starting to slur a bit. I'm on my third beer. But, um, look, there, there might be some some sort of legs in this IBF situation with Hergovic. There might be some legs in it. He said it himself in the press conference. Wallin and Joshua are ranked two and three in the IBF rankings. So if Usyk gets stripped, right, it's possible. IBF don't fuck about. Out of all the, gov- out of all the sanctioning bodies, they're the ones that don't fuck about. You know, you've got to Just thought- did it to Terence Crawford. Yeah, they stripped Terence Crawford. Exactly. So if they strip Usyk, potentially Hergovic fights the winner of Joshua and Wallin for the IBF belt. And that's another way of one of those two guys, hopefully Joshua, to flush Fury out or I don't want to see Joshua Nusik again. Don't want to see that again. Hopefully it's Fury flush um, thingy out, Fury out with the IBF belt. And it could be Joshua getting a third time. I just feel it's different though. It's different in the heavyweights though, man. Like, because the IBF are going to get their percentage of this mega Saudi money. With Terence Crawford, they're going to be waiting a while until he makes a fight because that division, I mean, I know the heavyweights are bad as well, but... How long did it take for Spence Crawford to happen? They're going to be waiting a while for Terence to fight next. And there's just not as much money in a Terence fight as there is in these heavyweight fights. So uh, I don't see them stripping anyone. I really don't. They're going to... At tom- so tomorrow, I don't know when you're listening to this, everyone, but tomorrow is Tyson Fury Usyk's press conference. And I think they're going to announce if it's late February, that fight. After that fight, they've got a contractual rematch. They will not be able to hold on to all of those belts from February until whenever that next fight is in September, one of them will have to go. It will, it will have to. And if they let go of the IBF, there will be a... You've got to remember, if Hergovic and Josh... This is, say, Hergovic and Joshua fight for the... Uh, if they get past their fights, they fight for the IBF belt. Well, then there still can be an undisputed fight. Do you know what I'm saying? You, can, you still can marry up in a year's time. So everyone's still going to get a massive percentage of a Saudi undisputed because the winners of that IBF will then yeah. get to fight whatever, the winners of the other, whoever else fights. Do you know what I'm saying? So they're still going to get there undisputed, but I don't know they can get it next. Do you know what I mean? Well, listen, in terms of the fight, Mark Demore, it's a bit of a fucking, 
It's a bit of a nonsense, isn't it? I mean, one thing they did say. Did in the you press know co- that was when you saw the name? Yeah, of course I remember. I remember David Hayine and Matt fucking years ago. Mark Demori, and he just literally stood in the corner and got battered. You know, he ain't lost a fight since then. He's seen like eight or nine fights. Yeah, sort of six <laughs> and eight rounders. One thing he said, you know, he's 41. <laughs> you know, he's 41. <laughs> he put me up on fucking stride there. I had some beans earlier, bro. Oh, Mexican beans. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, he's 41 years of age. 41 years of age. You know what he said? He went, I'm going to try and rupture his spleen. <laughs> What's that fucking mean? Fucking hell. I think that's a bit I think much. I just ruptured mine pushing that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, it's, look, it is Mark Demori. I, I wished it was uh, Martin Bacoli. There was talks it was going to be Martin Bacoli. Oh, no, Bacoli. yeah. Why is he not um, on the I, card, Do you know man? why I reckon Bacoli didn't take that fight? I reckon Bacoli didn't take that fight because Billy Nelson's got to listen, right? Nah. You're a bit of, nah, you're a bit fat at the minute. He, cut, he weighed 300 pounds against Takam. He looked good, though. 300 pounds, <laughs> as fat man. as he's ever been. They they don't want the Bacoli smoke. Hergovich ain't risking... Hergovich is not risking that position at the moment to go and fight Bacoli. No chance. Um, but do you know what's yeah, interesting? It's the, same was... the other way. Bacoli's ranked highly as well in some of the sanctioning bodies. You think they're going to stick a fat Bacoli in with Hergovich? Well, he might not be fat come December the 23rd. <sighs> but anyway, mate. So, uh, let me ask a quick question. So, Hergovich, so Ronnie Shields, his trainer, trained like Tyson, Holyfield in, in his past... He reckons, like obviously trained the Charlo uh, brothers, he reckons that Hergovic is, without a doubt, the best fighter he's ever trained, which is a bit of a bold statement considering his resume of people that he's trained. So looking at Hergovic and in the the Zilli Zhang fight, which he did win, and then we look at Zhang, what he did to Joyce, but I think his father died like four weeks before he fought Zhang. So there's a little bit of an excuse there of maybe why he didn't perform as well. I think, what do we think about Hergovic though? If he gets past the devastating power of Demori, is there uh, any chance that he beats Joshua? Would you say? Of course there is. There's a chance he beats everyone. He's a good fighter. Yeah. That um, unfortunate, his dad passing, unfortunately, um, that really fucked him up for the Zhang fight. And uh, I watched interviews where he was talking about it and he really, really hit him hard. And ever since then... He has looked a bit flatter, so maybe there's an element of he hasn't got over it, but or or he's on the way to getting over it. But it, when he's on, he's fucking on, man. And if he comes back to a good mental place, he's dangerous, man. He won gold in the European Championship. He won bronze in the Olympics. He lost to Tony Yoka. Obviously, went on to win it. And um, he's six foot six, and he has an eighty-two inch reach, and he's got devastating. Do you know power. what? As well, throw right? that together. Even when I know, I know it's controversial the Zhang fight, but you know, what I mean, when he when he fought, um, who was his last fight against the Australian geezer McKean Dempsey? Yeah. Um, he he even looked pretty flat there, Hergovic, but he still knocked him out, didn't he? And um, yeah, it's almost like he can still win on second gear. Yeah, because he, he sometimes he looks like he can't be bothered, but he still wins, man. And mm. yeah, I just think when he's at his best, he's going to be a fucking handful. Yeah, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Um, should we move on? Frank Sanchez and Far. Listen, Junior Far. This is just this is this is probably the biggest one-sided beatdown other than the Opatia Zorro fight. This is going to be a ridiculous yeah. beatdown. Frank Sanchez. He couldn't even be bothered to turn up at the press conference. And why am I bothering turning up? I'm fighting Junior Far who got ironed out by Lucas Brown, who was fucking 72 years old in the first round. 
And um, and I looked at Junior Farr's box threat. He has had a comeback since then. And he fought a geezer, a journeyman, who's, who's lost every fight in his life. <laughs> Zero and seven. And that was his comeback yeah. fight. So there you go. That's the levels we're talking about here. So Frank Sanchez has only got to turn up. His best night was against Parker when it was a controversial win for Parker. He lost though. Yeah, I know, but it was a controversial, <sighs> it was a relatively controversial in some eyes. Um, but that, that's, that's, that's the Parker that we're talking about. As long as that Parker don't turn up, the one who just can't be fucked, he, you know, he could beat Wilder. Um, but yeah, that, that was his best night, Junior Farr. Um, and Frank Sanchez is pretty decent, man. Yeah, that fight, Parker v. Farr is in my little black book for the most boring fight I've ever seen. But uh, yeah, Frank Sanchez, I think he's a dark horse at the heavyweight division. Yeah. I really do. The the Cuban flash is what they call him. But uh, he's got some fast fucking hands. He's got good movement. Um, he's got power. You know, fucking um, a good victory over FA Jagba. I, I think he's in the Who Needs Him uh, club. I think he's a fucking excellent fighter. And... Uh, Eddie Renoso in, in, in that camp. So, um, yeah. Do you know what? See, this is the great thing with this uh, Saudi card is that your Mac Madons, your Frank Sanchez, they're going to get a lot of light shone on them now. And I, I think they are the type of fighters that are in the Who Needs Them Club. And as you say, Wallin as well is a bit of a southpaw. No one really wants to fight him. So, uh, let's see what this throws up. And uh, hopefully, you know, as you say, it's a, it's a, it's a beatdown from Frank Sanchez. I think he... Does he stop? Far's awkward, isn't it? He? He's so tall with that range, but whatever. He, he, he wins that fight, but wouldn't it be nice to see, say, Frank Sanchez get in there with Makhmedov, or if if Wallin loses, or Parker look like Hergovic. Yeah, mate. That's the way this is going, John. This is. Do you know what we like? Everything we've asked for, we've been living off crumbs as boxing fans. Living crumbs. Off dust. You know, I'm fucking passing off average fights as good fights because we've got nothing else to look forward to. Like sitting down with your beer and your curry on a Saturday night watching some dog shit, you know, one-sided cards with like one-sided performance, like, you know, fighters that are clearly going to win right through the fucking card. You know, this, look what we're getting now. This is honestly, it's like an incredible Christmas present. And if it's like this moving forward, forget about, also we're in the UK. So anyone listening to us from the American, you know, American market, I don't know what time this is on for you there. It's probably going to be on during the day, but for us, this is fucking gold dust. Because we're sick of waking up at four in the morning or, you know, avoiding the result if I've fallen asleep. Uh, you know, because Vegas looks like it's dead now. No fight's going to be in Vegas while mm. this money's being floated about. And also, like I would, quick, I just want to say this, is that obviously once this was announced, I'm just thinking to myself, Wilder's there, Joshua's there. Why is that the fucking fight that all this money's not been thrown at? And we're not all talking about Joshua v. Wilder. But do you know what? Because Saudi are involved in it, I'm, I get what they're saying. I believe in their vision. So a lot of the time in boxing, fighters don't fight each other. And they're like, and then they mention these names. And you're like, you're never going to fucking fight him. This is going to be a Pacquiao Mayweather scenario. But this time, I'm fully invested in December the 23rd because I know yes. this is going to happen. So come 2025, we're going to see Usyk Fury. I think we're going to see Joshua Wilder. We're going to see all these fights happen. So for me, December the 23rd, Take my fucking money, twenty four ninety nine or whatever it is, pay per view. Take my money. I'm fully invested because I know they're gonna deliver. I feel it, and I, you, you can never really say that in boxing. It's all bullshit a lot of the time, but I feel like this time they're gonna deliver. Oh, that was a fucking good speech, that wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I assume this Riyadh season is every year, is it? Yeah. 
Well, do you know what I was thinking? Because it's like, I think it's September to March. I think that's their Riyadh festival, their season. I don't know, is that, uh, to be honest, I don't know how it works. Is that the summer in, in Saudi? But I think that's, I think it's like a five or six month season. So I was wondering what is going to happen after that. I mean, who knows? I mean, they ain't exactly let out loads of details about um, exactly what's going on. But um, yeah, I don't know. Imagine if they start putting on one massive show like every six weeks. Like, could they do that? I mean, how much money? They I mean they've got endless money. They've got oil just pumping out the ground. I mean, who knows? Well, if they do, they're going to get what they're trying to achieve, aren't they? They're going to get people coming for the tourism. So um, you never know. They might they might do that every every couple of months. So um, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. So roll on December the twenty third. Now, um, Can I, last thing, sorry, I've got to say this. Cause I just got a quick. How the fuck is Frank Warren got Turkey Alice Shake in his pocket? Because Eddie Hearn had already been there. He's already been there twice with Anthony Joshua. So how all of a sudden is Frank Warren built up this relationship with Turkey Alice Shake, and all of a sudden you're the man and it's your promotional company and you're the centre guy on this press conference? Like, has all has he like best mates with him all of a sudden? What has he done that Eddie Hearn couldn't do? Do you know what I'm saying? Was it Tyson Fury? Did he give him Tyson Fury to unlock this whole thing? And now that's it. They're best mates. Anyway, that's what I was thinking today. Never mind in his pocket. He's in my fucking bed tonight. He could get in my pants if he wants, if he keeps putting <laughs> fights on like this. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> fucking sensational. And also, it's nice to see Frank and Eddie yeah. cracking on. Yeah. That's nice, wasn't it? Hopefully they had a beer in the back. I don't know. It's hot. That's a little bit of wishful thinking, but hopefully they've grabbed a beer and... And shook, shook, shook hands. Oh, and... there was there was one moment though. I'm going to try and uh, when I do a vid, I'm going to try and clip it out. But there's one moment when Eddie's speaking and Frank sighs, and he rolls his eyes. He's fucking funny. I'll try and find yeah. it. Um, Did you see when they was doing the face-offs and that, like they was both like shoulder to shoulder trying to squeeze in to get yeah. their face in the, uh, <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, picture? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, Eddie sort of barged him out of the way a little bit. Um, but no, absolutely incredible. So um, very, very exciting times. Um, just before we go, I want to thank Mr. Turkey Alashake for his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, apologies to any listeners who were hoping for our take on the weekend's boxing. I know there's a lot of week, a uh, lot of fights this weekend. Um, but yeah, man, this has just trumped everything. So um, good luck to everyone fighting on the weekend. Uh, we shall cover it next week. Um, but uh, yeah, this is absolutely incredible. So uh, roll on the twenty third. Thank you for joining me, boys. It's been emotional. Um, and as I say, uh, thank you to everyone who got us into the top uh, top thirty of the old pod charts. And please do give us little reviews, give us little star ratings, and all that. It does really help us. And just thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Au revoir for now. Bye.